This is the Internet Ballers Podcast, episode 89. This is the Internet Ballers Podcast with your host, Michael Pasha, the show for internet entrepreneurs who want to learn how uncertainty and struggle turn into confidence and success. Welcome to the Ballers Circle. Thanks for listening and welcome to the Baller Circle. I'm Michael Pasha, the host of the Internet Ballers Podcast, and today is the December Monthly Roundup episode. On this episode, I'll be going through my takeaways from my interviews this month with Brianna Songer from episode 86, Marta Costa from episode 87, and Linda Hollander from episode 88. So first up was Brianna Songer from episode 86. So Brianna is the online marketing expert. Uh, she helps businesses generate leads. And uh, she does that through social media means. And we had a good conversation about how she works with her clients and how she gets leads for them and how she gets them to grow their businesses. But she also talked a lot about her background. And uh, some of the things in her background I thought were, were pretty impressive was just the fact that like, she just had a uh, kind of fearless mentality about, about entrepreneurship and business. You know, And I think that that's, that's something that I've noticed kind of across the board in so many people who have been successful. Like They're not afraid to go out there and do something um, without having complete knowledge of how to do it. You know, they're not afraid of making a mistake. They're not afraid of uh, failing. And really, Brianna, uh, although she, she didn't really have any failures to speak of, um, you know, she went out and, and her first uh, entrepreneurial venture that we really talked about was, was when she went down to South America and started a school down there. And, uh, you know, she said she wasn't really familiar with the process of starting the school, but she had other people who were around her who could talk her through it. And she noticed that there was a huge demand in the marketplace. And so, you know, she just kind of took it step by step. And, and of course, as anyone would in, in any new entrepreneurial venture, she made some mistakes and learned along the way. But she didn't let the, um, I guess, the lack of knowledge, the lack of complete knowledge, rather, stop her from starting. And I think that's so, so powerful and so important because uh, it, it can it can be somewhat paralyzing sometimes when you when you have an idea and you're like, I'm not really sure what to do with this. I'm not really sure how to start it out. And it can it can seem like, okay, well, I have to wait until I understand every single aspect about this business and I have everything perfectly mapped out before I even get started. And a lot of times that prevents people from starting ever, really. And, and you know, and then, you know, I think we all know those people who've been talking about a business idea or something they want to do. And they've, you know, five years later, they still haven't done anything. Ten years later or maybe never. Um, so I think, uh, you know, my, my big takeaway from that was just that sometimes it's just important to just get out there and just, and just start working. And, um, you know, as, as, as I've mentioned before, and I've heard other people talk about, uh, sometimes you just have to jump off a cliff and build your wings on the way down. And I think there's a, there is a difference between, you know, uh, taking, uh, calculated risks and being just straight up reckless uh, and in some people, some positions, depending on where you are in your life, I mean, there may not be really anything to lose, so it may not really matter. But, um, you know, for, from the standpoint of Brianna and, and the position that a lot of people are in, um, you know, there's an opportunity out there. You kind of see it. You don't necessarily know all the pieces, but you know enough to kind of get started. And, and getting started is the perfect thing to do. Uh, so the next thing that we talked about uh, that I thought was, was pretty important is uh, she talked about her clients. And uh, once she got started helping out businesses, some of the things that she noticed. And she said that uh, she noticed when she started working with CEOs of companies, one of the things um, that she, one of the mistakes she noticed that they, that they did was they got bogged down into the details of every task of their business. Instead of focusing on the strategy, 
and being more uh, high level focused. And I thought that was interesting because I, I, I totally agree. I think, you know, as a CEO, your job is to be, you know, the ultimate strategist, the ultimate high level thinker to, to kind of set the pace for the organization, set the culture and, and then and then delegate all the little pieces to, to everyone else. And if you're still kind of micromanaging everybody and, and having your nose in, it, in every task, you can't really spend enough time doing the, the high level strategy stuff that you need to do to set the course for the organization. Uh, and then also you interfere with the work of other people. So they never get an opportunity to really shine and really uh, take take things on their own and, uh, and, and, and make them as good as they possibly can. Um, Brianna talked about some of the tools that she used to, to communicate and to learn about social media marketing. And, and uh, some of the things she mentioned were things I'd heard of before, but other things she mentioned are, are, are some that I, I really wasn't really into using. I mean, she mentioned Udemy, which, you know, I've, I've bought uh, a lot of courses on there, and I think it's, it's a great platform for, for, for uh, finding, you know, uh, courses to learn, uh, pretty much anything. Um, but she also mentioned Slack groups, which I, I know many, maybe many of you listening have used uh, before to learn, uh, but I haven't used it for, for much more than just like communications with, uh, with teams and things like that. So I didn't really see it as much of a learning platform. So I'm glad she mentioned it because it's definitely something to look into. Uh, she also talked about Twitter groups and learning a lot from, uh, from, from participating in those Twitter groups and people teaching lessons through Twitter and following those lessons and then being there to, to ask questions and get your questions answered. Uh, and I guess also showing, uh, showing value by, by answering other people's questions uh, so I thought that was interesting. And I know a lot of other people have learned a lot from uh, joining Facebook groups and, um, you know, going in the groups and asking questions of, of experts in there and and uh, and then also um, getting a uh, building up an audience for themselves by answering questions of other people who are who are in the group. Um, and uh, and I thought that was that was interesting because I think it's always good to find new avenues to learn from. Uh, and, uh, and, and definitely, uh, Twitter groups and, uh, Slack groups for things where, that I have not personally been leveraging. So I'm going to be adding those to, uh, to my learning, learning arsenal. Um, and she's, and one other thing that Brianna talked about was, that was interesting was she talked about like businesses that like, you know, of course there's some businesses out there that just have lots of money, right? Either they have tons of revenue because they've done really well at sales or, they uh, are funded by venture capital or angel, angel investors or whatever it may be. So they have enough money to buy the services that they need. But there are other ones out there who just don't have deep pockets, but they still need ways of getting their message out there. And so she said that one of the interesting things that you can do is a value exchange. And so instead of necessarily paying for um, someone to uh, promote you, you can do some sort of exchange where you say, hey, I'll, if, if you you know, write a blog post about me, then maybe I'll give you a free product. Or maybe there's something that, maybe a service that my company offers that your business could benefit from. Uh, and I can offer you that, you know, service for free or discounted rate if you do some sort of marketing or finance or whatever it may be that you need for your business in exchange. And so that way, if you're if you're low on capital, low on revenue, uh, and you don't really have money to outlay for any of these services, you can provide some sort of value exchange so then that way, um, you can still get what you need without necessarily um, putting out uh, putting out the money. Um, and uh, another thing that Brianna talked about um, was she said she said the most important thing is um, to uh, to get right is to know your customers. And and she said that um, there, there's so many people out there who really don't understand their market and they don't really understand their customers. They don't really understand what they want. And uh, and she says you know if you have existing customers, you need to find out 
you know, what made them buy? You know, what was it that made that existing customer buy your product? Um, and then you want to be able to segment those people and target them, uh, target them more individually. So instead of bucketing all your customers into one group and then just sending out the, the same generic email to everyone, you want to figure out specifically why did this group buy and send out a message that resonates specifically with those people to get them to buy more or to get them to become aware of a different product that they didn't necessarily buy. They may not even be aware that you offer or an upsell or, or a new deal or something like that. And, and the more you understand about your customer and the more you segment them and the more you can send messages specifically tailored to them, the more they'll want to engage with your messages because they'll feel like this message was, was made for me. This, this company understands my needs uh, and, and they're not just sending out you know, a blast email to every single person. Because I know one of the things for me personally when it comes to emails and, and advertisements is, you know, when I see an advertisement, what, what I find annoying is when the email does not speak to me directly, right? The email is about something that I'm completely not interested in at all. The advertising is something I'm not completely not interested in at all. And when that happens, it, you know, after a while, it just makes me want to either hit the unsubscribe button or, or you know, kind of shy away from those ads but when a company is consistently sending me emails about things that I am interested in, they understand me enough to know like these are the topics of, of things that I'm, I'm actually interested in, then the email is not intrusive, but actually helpful. And I look forward to getting those emails. So it's just a difference between you know an advertising or an email that becomes annoying and intrusive in your daily life and an advertising and an email that is actually helpful and that you look forward to. And that's all about knowing your target market uh, and, and targeting to them specifically based on their needs and not just sending out blanket things to, to everyone. So next up was uh, Marta Costa from episode 87. And so Marta uh, is from Online Business and Chill. And, uh, you know, I really liked her perspective on uh, business, especially in the online business space, because, you know, one thing that was cool about, about Marta and, and all the things that, she, that we discussed um, was that she was very focused on building a business that was going to allow you to have the lifestyle that you want to have uh, for years to come. And I, and I like that because I think that a lot of people, they do have these dreams of building a business and they want to be able to have the time freedom and location freedom and all these things. But then as they're building their business, they find themselves trapped in their business. They find that they don't have the time to do what they want because the way they built their business doesn't allow them to scale things. And so they have to spend all their time uh, satisfying customer needs and that sort of thing. And uh, she, you know, she really focuses on helping entrepreneurs get out of that space, get out of overwhelm and to... Uh, build a business where where they can leverage uh, leverage things. So some of the things that we discussed uh, during the interview was, um, you know, she said a big problem uh, for people is, uh, you know, they don't have a system that's leverageable. So they're doing things like one-on-one -on -one coaching and, you know, she she helps people who are doing that sort of thing to break out of that and get get away from that and to do things that are more leverageable like courses. So if, you, if you're doing a one-on-one -on -one coaching, clearly you can only teach one person at a time. But if you create a course, you can teach, you know, thousands or even millions of people at a time because you don't have to be there. You just set it and forget it. And, you know, of course, update it from, you know, periodically, but you're not doing that every single day. Um, same thing with group coaching is group coaching is a little bit more hands-on than a course, but it's not as quite hands-on as one-on-one. -on -one. It's that kind of that, kind of that middle ground. And it allows you to teach, you know, multiple people at the same time. I mean, really, if you're doing this online, I mean, you could have a group coaching 
call or, or class or online class or whatever whatever it is with thousands of people as well. So you might not be able to touch as many people as you can with a course because um, with a group coaching, usually it will be live. Um, and, um, and yes, you know, a good thing you can do with group coaching is record those group coaching calls or even record one-on-one coaching calls and turn that content into a course. Um, but just really like thinking about the things you can do to leverage, uh, leverage your time and, and make sure that you are able to reach as many people as possible with the same interactions and making, make money, um, you know, with, with the same amount of time by servicing multiple clients at the same amount of time. Um, so another thing that we talked about that I thought was, was interesting is, you know, she said that a, a, a big problem that she's noticed in the marketplace, and I know we've talked about this on the show before, and, and, and that is the, the thing of people giving up uh, on their success too soon, right? And, and that really comes from, I think, uh, people's expectations being misaligned with reality. Uh, and this is kind of honestly one of the impetus I had for starting the show in the first place because I wanted people to have a realistic picture of what it takes to build a successful online business. What um, sort of time frame you need to put in, what sort of working to put in to be able to see a, a really good level of success. And I think that often people fail and they give up because they have an expectation that, oh, I can you know go out there and... I'll, I'll try a couple webinars and, you know, I'll, I'll be making $10,000 a month in no time. Or I'll, I'll launch a podcast and I'll be, you know, making $10,000 a month or whatever your number is in, you know, three or four months or six months or whatever it may be. And not realizing that, hey, I may have to do this for a year or two years or three years before I start seeing that kind of money. And if you can change your mindset and change your perspective and, and, and not be so focused on the short-term wins, um, then I think it makes it much easier to stick out those failures when you're aware that most other people who are successful have failed multiple times. Most other people who are successful didn't hit it out of the park the first time at bat, right? I mean, yes, there are those stories of those people who we've all heard about who they went out there and they started a business and within you know three months they were making all this money and everything worked out perfectly. But the honest thing, the, the, but to be honest with you, the reality is that's not the case for most people. Most people will go out there and they will struggle for a while and it will take them time to figure out what works for them. They try one thing and it doesn't work and they try something else and they try something else and they try something else and then finally they find something that works. And so just because it's not working for you within a month or three months or six months or even a year does not mean it's time to give up. It means that it's time to persevere and maybe it's time to pivot. Maybe there's something that you're what you're working on that you're doing that's not working and you need to maybe change your approach and try something else, but it doesn't mean it's time to give up on your business. And I think understanding that it does take sometimes many months or even many years to see success, uh, it kind of sets a more realistic perspective and, and helps people um, have, a, have a good, I guess, a, a better gauge for how long they should be willing to stick out the business until they make it work. Um, and, uh, and, and I thought that that was something, uh, interesting that, that, that Marta and I talked about and something interesting she pointed out. Um, and she said that another thing that that's really important for growing a business is to have a team of people that can help you grow your business faster. And so that team of people means a lot of things really. I mean, it, it, it's a, it's, you know, instead of trying to learn everything yourself, it's hiring a mentor to help you get up that learning curve much faster, right? It's, um, it's, it's hiring, uh, you know, virtual assistants or people to help you do some of those day-to-day tasks that maybe you can move yourself away from. 
it's you know doing all these things that will help you to figure out like how can I do more of what I do best in my day and hire other people to help me to become more efficient or more effective by either taking off by offloading some of the work that I have onto them or adopting a methodology that they're using that's more efficient than the one that I currently have. Um, so so those are kind of things that, that Martha and I talked about and I thought were really interesting and I really enjoyed our, our, uh, our, our conversation. Uh, and so next up was Linda Hollander from episode 88. And so Linda uh, is someone that uh, you know I found, about, found out about when I was uh, interested in learning about uh, how to sponsor podcasts and different sort of online media uh, platforms. And I read an article that she wrote in Entrepreneur Magazine about um, podcast sponsorships and corporate sponsorships. And I was like, what is that? You know, you also hear, you often hear about people talking about podcasts and they talk about, you know, getting uh, advertisers to purchase, you know, 30 second um, ads on your, on your podcast. Um, and, um, and Linda really has a different approach. Instead of instead of selling ad space on the podcast, what she does is she believes in, in selling your your platform, your media company, as she as she puts it, um, and and selling sponsorship into that. So instead of I'm buying a thirty second clip on the podcast, I'm buying you know sponsorship. I'm sponsoring this media company, and in exchange for that, I'm getting mentioned in social media. I'm getting mentioned on the website. I'm getting mentioned on the podcast. I'm being integrated into uh, all of the media and promotions that this media business has. And as a result of that, uh, we're not doing this on a, you know, per episode basis or per blog post basis or, or YouTube video basis, whatever you may be, uh, whatever medium you may be making money from. But really, uh, on an annual basis saying, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to fund this business and I'm going to pay, you know, $10,000, $50,000, $100,000. And those are kind of the numbers that we talked about during the episode. Um, and, and with that sponsorship, I'm going to get in return access to this person's audience. Uh, and one thing that I thought was super powerful that Linda talked about was the fact that you can do this even before you have a large audience, because then what you can do is you can sell sponsors on the concept. You can sell sponsors on the fact that, you know, there is a marketplace that's out there and the marketplace is X size and I plan on capturing, you know, whatever amount of that market and getting you access to these people that you currently don't necessarily have access to. Uh, and sponsors will be willing to pay you for that. Um, and I thought that was super interesting. Uh, some of the other things that, that we that we talked about um, was uh, not letting fear stand in the way of your success. Uh, you know, Linda mentioned that, she was someone that was in an abusive relationship. She doubted herself. She had very low self-confidence. And um, it really took a lot of time for her to realize that she had value and that she was selling herself short by allowing herself to stay in this poverty trap that she had been in and that she really could go out there and start a business, even though at the time she already had multiple failed businesses. Um, and she talked about that on the show, like, that you know, she the the one business idea that she had, the first one she had that was successful. Um, prior to that, uh, she had other business failures, and because of that, she had other she had a lot of people who didn't believe in her because because of her prior failures. Um, but she decided to go after it anyway. It became a success, and as a result of that, um, she was able to put on an event to show other women how to uh, become successful entrepreneurs. And for that event. Um, this is how she got into the whole corporate sponsorship thing because she needed sponsors for her event. She went out and got them without any experience with events before. 
And from there, she was able to teach other people in a lot of different industries how to get sponsors for their podcasts, for their blogs, for their YouTube channels, uh, for, you know, authors and speaking engagements and that sort of thing. Um, so I thought that was really interesting because it's, it's not something that I, I hear a lot of people talking about. So I really like the I like that from from our uh, our discussion. Um, the next thing that we talked about um, was she was she talked about the importance of of selling stories instead of facts and figures, right? And when she mentioned that this was this was more in relation to when you're going out and and proposing things to a sponsor, but really I think that applies to any sort of uh, any sort of selling, right? I mean, because what do people remember? People remember stories. People connect with stories. People don't necessarily connect with or, or aren't really interested in facts and figures. And so if you make any sort of presentation that you're making, whether it's to your audience or whether it's to a potential client or, or whether it's to a sponsor, um, no matter what it is, and you put it in a story form, it's much more memorable. It's much more interesting. And it's much more relatable because people understand stories, you know? And if, and if, and if you can, uh, if you can, tell them these the things whatever it is you want to tell them through a story it's much more easier for them to digest easier for them to engage and uh, have a much bigger desire to uh, pay attention and so those are my takeaways for this month Um, I'm really glad that I had an opportunity to do these interviews and really enjoy doing the podcast and uh, and sharing my my ideas with all of you Um, and uh, I want to thank you for being awesome and joining us on another episode of the internet ballers podcast be sure to listen next week um, well, I'll be talking with another internet baller as usual. And, uh, in the meantime, you can check out the show notes for this episode as well as listen to other episodes of the internet ballers podcast at www.internetballers.com. Again, I'm Michael Pasha and happy marketing. Thanks for listening to the internet ballers podcast through our guest stories. You will learn the path to go from struggling entrepreneur to internet baller. We'll see you on the next episode.